Okay, all right. Um, any minute now. Come on, Mike, any minute now. Okay. It's, it's 9.31 now, so I guess, I guess we'll just start the show. Ask the Polka Dexpert. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Ask the Pokedexpert, uh, the weekly show where we come together to ask questions from the audience, uh, both here uh, in our live chat at twitch.tv slash srsbiz underscore network, and from uh, you submit us over the week uh, at our Discord. We will take questions there, too. Really, we'll take questions just about anywhere when we're talking about uh, Pokemon of this caliber that are so, so important to talk about. I, of course, am your host, uh, Anthony Reed. Uh, I often ask questions of our experts, experts like the uh, talented and uh, eternally busy uh, Mike Ellison, who I'm certain will be with us any minute. Uh, I'm, I am certain that will. Uh, come along very soon. I, of course, I'm doing a, a, a little bit of uh, giving him some opportunity. You know what? Why don't we talk about the Pokemon we'll be talking about today, which I'm, I'm personally, I can't wait to ask Mike a lot of the questions about uh, this Pokemon. Our Pokemon today, of course, is Comfy. Uh, Comfy is a four inch tall, seven tenths of a pound Pokemon on average. Uh, and I would say that uh, this is a, a bit of a, of a strange one. And uh, I think that it's going to be very exciting to have uh, Mike come and uh, discuss this Pokemon with us. Uh, personally, I have never seen a Comfy. So uh, there are some questions here that I think would be really great to know the answer to. Uh, once we get an opportunity to ask our questions about the Posey Picker Pokemon. I, um, so if you have questions, be sure you put them in the chat, uh, send them to us, uh, by Twitter, send a Pidgey with a letter wrapped around his leg, uh, whatever you think is best. And, uh, I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and read this first question here. Uh, oh, what in the world was the ele evolutionary development that led to this Pokemon being a dominant species? Uh, great question. Great, great question. Uh, well, I, um, typically I would like to throw to a, a guest here, someone who could answer the question, uh, I, I, either a regular guest like, um, Mike or, uh, you know, some, we've had several other guests, uh, professor crumb was on the show, uh, one time, uh, we had, uh, Allison from. The network came on last week. If you missed that, that was, that was a great time. She had a lot of insight about Pokemon. Uh, uh, we had, uh, uh, 
Mauve come, uh, Professor Mauve came and did some drawings for us. Uh, that was a good time. Remember that? I suspect there would be a lot of information about Comfe that uh, many of these experts would be able to should I get across here. Uh, I'm just going to uh, send a quick text message. Just don't uh, really fast here. Great. Uh, <clears throat> so this is, again, this is a great question, and I can't. Uh, I can't stress enough how important Comfe is to uh, the, the world at large. You know, this is a creature that, while subtle, while we don't see many Comfe in the, the wild, uh, in, in a lot of areas, uh, clearly it has a cultural impact uh, that resonates well beyond uh, any uh, conceivable or... Um, understandable reality in which the home fae can be seen. Let's see. Oh, oh, Mike, <laughs> Mike, I think, I think you're coming in, Mike. Uh, uh, hey buddy. Hi, how are you? Uh, you know, Every once in a while, uh, the technical difficulties that are encountered by our producers, uh, you know, they, they just kind of, they slip up sometimes and that's okay. But Anthony and I are always prepared, always a hundred percent professional and always together. We've got this. Yeah. So yeah, uh, clearly the producers, uh, need to step up, uh, they're, well, I mean, we're all one team, right? Uh, and so it's okay. Uh, whoever Whoever's fault it was, don't even worry about it. I'm sure it wasn't a big deal, and it certainly isn't going to affect the status of the show. You know, they love us. Right. Uh, so we, Mike, we are discussing, of course, today, the Pokemon Comfey. Uh, I'm not, I, I don't know how familiar you are with Comfey as an expert. I mean, I love Confei. Confei is my favorite Pokemon. Perfect. Well, then this will be a great opportunity to talk about this four-inch, seven-tenths of a pound, posy picker Pokemon. And the community does have a fair number of questions. We're already taking some questions here in the chat. We have more that were sent to us. And so I would pose to you uh, very early this question. How does Comfey, uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry, what in the world was the evolutionary development that led to this Pokemon being a dominant species? Oh, that's a great question. Great question. Anthony, uh, I know that you've been doing some research lately. What have you, what have you, uh, what's your take on the question? <sighs> uh... <clears throat> I think that Comfey serves an important role in the development of other species by the nature of its beauty. Wow. Wow, Anthony, that's a, it's a surprisingly, uh, anthropological answer uh to a to an otherwise pretty straightforward biological evolution question and so i think that's very 
it's insightful of you really uh because you know a lot of biology and evolution is determined by environmental factors and so i i understand where you're going with that and i think that's a great point and wow uh where would you go for scientific discussions like this if it weren't here uh and so i think it's important that we remember you know Comfe's size, I think, belies a lot of that uh, answer. Comfe uh, being as small as it is uh, and hiding within the, the flowers around it the way that it does uh, obviously leads to, uh, you know, it, it makes one think of was there a connection maybe to, to a beedrill? or a species like that, that pollinates flowers, right? Uh, perhaps Comfe, as it's, you know, it's, it's, as its evolution has progressed, uh, has gone from being a helper to being its own veritable force within that ecosystem. That's interesting. I mean, seeing that uh, basically a role player within uh, an, a biology, a biome, right? Right. Uh, of, uh, you know, being, uh, bringing the flower to uh, the bug Pokemon, bringing that uh, element that is typically stationary, typically tied to one space, uh, you know, bringing that out to the world, making that a more accessible, more outreachable thing. Yeah. And, and I think that's something that people don't give Comfe enough credit for. Yeah, you know, I think it's important when you when you take something that uh, is usually so isolated, so insular to, say, a small community of people, uh, and you bring that to the world, right? You bring it to the masses in an approachable mm. and acceptable and uh, digestible way. That should be applauded. That should be uh, more important than, than anything else that you might have going on, right? I mean, that should be your top priority if you're, say, a comfe, instead of, uh, you know, whatever other side idea someone might have for you that they think is important, that they think you should be focusing your time and effort on. Well, no, you should be doing the outreach that's important, uh, that that's part of your job. Yeah, I think it's very important that Comfe remembers that it is there to support the Beedrills and the other the other Pokemon that are looking for pollen. And at the same time, it is there to spread this pollen uh, to the masses. I mean, it is the uh, conduit to which that That's pollen right. is accessible uh, by others. And without that conduit, everything withers and dies. That's right. Great point, Anthony. How does Comfe move? Does it just like roll itself around the place? So that's a great question. It uh, is a thank great you question. So much for that question. Uh, one of the things that I think is really important to remember uh, when folks see Comfe, usually they see Comfe surrounded by a veil of flowers, right? I mean, no one. No one likes to take a photo of Comfe in the winter. But Comfe doesn't hibernate. You know, they don't die in the winter. They, they still live and they, they still are out foraging for food and surviving. It's important to remember that Comfe isn't the flower. It's the Pokemon 
you Great know, it's point. not the it's not the wreath of flowers there. It's the actual Pokemon itself. Uh, the small yellow body with the green with the green coloring and the the two limbs uh, that that help propel it uh, along the ground when it's searching for those flowers. And so you will see a Comfe from time to time, uh, flowerless, dragging itself by its two forepaws. That is that is fascinating to think about because you know you're right. We never see Comfe in that state. When we see a Comfe. It is uh, this singular entity, but this, you know, this tiny being trying to struggle for survival uh, against a harsh world. Man. Yeah. So one of the things that I think is most in interesting, and this calls back to the Comfe evolution uh, that we were talking about earlier, you know, uh, seeing all these flying Pokemon, Comfe's, uh, Comfe's fur? Anthony, are you? Oh, it's just... It's just struggling day in and day out against a world that doesn't even understand how valuable it is. It doesn't appreciate what it's doing for people. It's just so damn sweet. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's also very powerful, of course, you know, uh, all fairy Pokemon have a an innate strength inside them, you know? Um, and what I was going to say uh, just a second ago is they also are able to learn a few evolutionary tricks that are very interesting. You know, seeing all these flying Pokemon around them, uh, the Comfe fur that grows from the top of their head down to the back of their, their little round bodies there actually can be moved. Uh, it's almost, it's not quite prehensile, but it is, it is controllable in a way that allows them to pick up gusts, almost like a sail on a ship. And so if they need to move quickly from place to place and the wind is blowing the right way, they can flip that hair right up, uh, get picked up in the breeze and then taken away. One of the benefits to being so light. That is, um, that's remarkable. And I and I think uh, speaking of the size of the Pokemon, which you said is such a, a key to its evolutionary uh, status, I have a question here related to the size of a Comfe. Uh, it says, "Hello, Pokedexpert. I am currently hello. dealing. Uh, hello, <clears throat> I am currently dealing with a school bully. Uh, he recently said in front of many of my fellow classmates that I'm quote hung shorter than a Comfe quote." insinuating that my penile area is shorter than Comfe's four inches in height. If Comfe actually had a big penile area compared to their body, I figure a good comeback would be something like, yeah, well, if you did the ratio, I'd have a two foot penile area. Pokedexpert, what is the average penile area of a male Comfe? Great question. Great question. Um, I don't know the answer to this question asker. Wow. That, that is a surprise to me. Yeah. Uh, it's the first time, uh, we've ever encountered a question that I don't know the answer to on air. Uh, so what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to research that and I'm going to have to get back to you. 
Uh, yeah, I, I'll I'll be honest, uh, Mike. I'm feeling very uncomfortable not answering a question on the air. I mean, we have really made it a point to answer every question that has come to us. And so, single question that's ever been answered asked of us. And honestly, uh, question asker, I will find the answer and I will report it to you next week. I promise. Yeah, uh, and I think especially as a function of ratio, uh, it's important because uh, it, oh, if certainly. this. Yeah. Uh, and the, the question asker does say, it's okay. I'll just continue getting bullied for now. So uh, there is a, a plan in place uh, to deal with this non-answer Perfect. until the answer can be found. That's uh, great. You know, it's important to have a, have a structure that allows, uh, you know, everybody to move forward in the meantime, uh, as we all do our own research. And of course, you know, uh, question asker, feel free to join our Patreon at patreon.com slash pokedexpert where you can communicate directly with us and we can find out uh, more information about uh, Comfey penis penile area ratios together. Yeah, uh, I don't know how much uh, of the research about Comfey penile area will wind up in the newsletter, but I suspect that uh, quite a bit. I suspect quite a bit. I mean, we'll have to see what the data gives us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think that's a good point. That's a good point. If it comes across, I mean, we may find that uh, Comfey penile areas have a very small ratio to their body. They're just incredibly small. And then this is really a bust for the question asker. But, uh, well, but maybe not. At least then they would know whether that's a good or bad comeback. Absolutely. Great point. Great point. And I don't mean to sell that short. Uh, so, uh, I got another question here. It says, uh, I have been given, I've been giving many comfes away as souvenirs for tourists who visit my island. Is there anything I can do to minimize the complaints that the comfe wither away and die within a few days after the visitors make it back home? You know, I think this is a great question. Uh, it also reminds me, Anthony. It reminds me of the very first conversation that we ever had on your show when it was still on the radio. Uh, Ask the Pokedexpert. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, when we talked about Bulbasaur. Remember? Do you remember? Oh, I certainly remember uh, some of the discussion that we had about Bulbasaur, but uh, obviously that was a long time ago. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a bit of an incident with a milkery between then and now that really caused uh, some dark times, uh, in my life that's over. Obviously things are a lot better now. Um, and so, uh, I, I may not remember everything, uh, because I was under the effects of the milkery at the time. Uh, and, uh, and so now, now things are better. I mean, that, that was a rough month. Yeah. Uh, so this was actually a few years ago, but, um, the, the conversation that we had about the Bulbasaur at the time was about how, uh, Bulbasaur from within the Bulba Belt, remember, uh, are typically more uh, vibrant and lively uh, Pokemon than, than Bulbasaur from outside of that belt. And with Comfey, there's a similar problem, right, where their ancestral home, because uh, again, we talked about them being a fairy type Pokemon. So their ancestral home has a lot of the spirit that is required for Comfey to thrive. And so when a Comfey leaves that ancestral home and escapes the radius of that spirit influence, 
it can be very difficult to keep them alive unless they have a connection either through constant visits or uh, you know a, a physical piece of that homeland that carries spirit energy with it. And so- Mike, you have dovetailed beautifully into, uh, we had several question askers who were asking about, uh, they live in snowy regions, they live in areas without flowers, uh, their comfey just kind of flops around on the ground instead of picking of flowers. Uh, you know, what can they do to, you know, maybe they're in a situation where they really don't have an opportunity to leave the, the place that they're in. Um, and we want to be sensitive to that, but they have a comfey and they really want to be able to, to keep that comfey alive and healthy and happy and vibrant. You know, what's their best option? Yeah. I mean, obviously, of course, the best option is always to move back to uh, where that comfey's, you know, ancestral home is. Uh, of course, for some people, it takes a while. Uh, to get back there. And so in the meantime, what they could be doing is they could be receiving shipments of soil from those ancestral homes, just having them excavate large swaths of ground uh, near where that comfe had originated. Uh, you may have to go back several generations, especially with the, uh, the advent of some less than scrupulous Pokemon breeders not keeping full records, you know, uh, it may be a very costly uh, exercise, but I do know, uh, I mean, we happen to have had on the show a Pokemon guru who is very well connected with the spirit of Pokemon. And I'm sure that Nate would be able to, sorry, uh, Guru Lopez would be able to help reconnect you with your Pokemon spiritual ancestral home. You know, and, and I actually, uh, I know quite a few shippers who have to ship like uh, six foot boxes of uh, dirt, like often, uh, sure. uh, sometimes over the ocean. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, apparently there's a lot of need for that in some uh, tight knit circles. So uh, there are definitely places you can get boxes of earth shipped. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and I also want to take a moment to talk about, uh, you know, getting those Pokemon back to where they belong. You know, yes, there is nothing Can, wrong please. with a Pokemon living uh, in the place that it grew up. There is nothing wrong with a Pokemon that's right. uh, uh, being just where it's from. Like that's that is where it's from. It's where it's supposed to be. Uh, it's where it belongs. And absolutely. Uh, you know, yeah. Pokemon aren't adapted like humans are to the idea of travel and branching out. And so I think it's okay uh, for a Pokemon uh, to to never leave its ancestral home. You know, I, it sounds crazy to us people, right? Uh, humans would never do something like that, like stay in the same place forever. You know, we, we, have a, we have a natural need, almost teleological, to branch out and expand as far as we can into different places. And so... You know, I understand uh, as a human myself that that can be uh, a tricky situation to navigate as a new Comfey owner. Like, why can't you just be like me, a normal human who wants to be other places than where I was born? I think it's also important to know that oftentimes Pokemon are a lot closer to humans than we really realize. Right. And sometimes humans are a lot closer to Pokemon than we realize. And I I think it's, it's certainly okay. And, and often the case that some humans 
you know, also need that connection to their ancestral home. There's a spiritual energy to being connected to the place you were born, the place you grew up and the place that you've lived uh, that you, that is, is difficult to replace in other methods. And I, I think it's important that the, that be connected with and, and, and recognized as well. No, I disagree. I got another question here. Uh, is it true Comfe is classified as an invasive species in Europe? Yes. Uh, but, you know, European regulations uh, are very strict and they classify a lot of things as invasive species that are not. Yeah. I I think that's uh, that's probably true. I, I think in the Galler region, uh, you know, some people are probably listed as invasive species uh, and you would just prefer that were not the case, you know? Absolutely. Especially like we had just talked about where people are just naturally drawn to travel and exploration and leaving the place that they're from. Well, you know, I, you know, uh, some people, some people, I certainly agree with that. Um, um, I think I've got, I think I've got another question here, Mike. I'm sorry. I did not have the opportunity yeah. to prepare, uh, as much as What's I would up, like. Anthony? Yeah, normally these are like rapid fire. What's going on this week? This week. Uh, so Allison was on the show last week. Oh, it was uh, great to have her on. Love, <clears throat> love, love the support of the network through everything. Thank you again so much, Allison, for being on. Uh, tell your dad I said hi if you're listening. Yeah. Uh, so Allison was on last week and she had some ideas uh, towards the end of the show of some a project that we should work on. It's, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a novel maybe, or a, a television series, or it could be a, a video game or a series of vignettes. She said maybe some TikToks. I don't know. I don't know which direction she really wants to go with this yet, but she's having me, I've been working on writing up some stuff about our, the Lily that we were discussing last week. Um, Oh, that sounds like I, a fun side of the desk project. Shouldn't take up too much time for you. It's real. Okay, so I've been working on this all week. Yeah, and this is, I, can I, can I share with you what I have? I don't, I'm not sure about on it. On air? Well, I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll mute us. Hold on. Great. <clears throat> okay. Cool. I, I'm very nervous about this and I, I don't know if it's good or not. Um, if I should share it with her, cause if I share it with her and it's bad, I don't, okay. I'm just going to read it to you. Okay. I'm sure it'll be fine. It's um, a little bit of prose. I mean, oh, like if you want, um, like you could send it over and then I could read it on my own time. Well, I, I think it's important to do it cause she might want to do, she said a radio drama was a possibility and I would really like to get back on the radio. So, I mean, this might be the way that you would consume it. So it's important to hear the words too. Mm. Okay. The aging Lilip, confident in his position of power, embedded in his ancestral home, turned to the invader. You are not welcome here. Be gone. I'm your stepfather, said his mom's boyfriend. Sorry. What? That's... That's what I have. He just outright says, I am your stepfather, and you're calling him the Lalip's mom's boyfriend? I... Is it bad? Should I... Should I... What if I... Should I say, I'm your stepfather? Or, I'm your mom's boyfriend? 
said his mom's boyfriend. Is that better? It's at least more accurate. Well, but, but it, I like, let's pretend that the character of the stepfather, the mom's boyfriend has deluded himself into thinking that one trip to a courthouse and a couple of, uh, you know, cheap promises is enough to, uh, uh, make wild claims. You know, that's really what I'm trying to get at with this piece. Got it. Okay. So, so is this like a limited, uh, or like an imperfect narrator situation, right? Where the Lilip is, is not to be trusted because clearly the, the Lilip's stepfather is actually their stepfather. No, 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 no. The Lilip's stepfather is claiming to be the Lilip's stepfather but that's not that's not really what's happening right the little leap stepfather is making some wild claims but that is the claim that they are making the leap is uh, going to refer to it's not going to refer to it as his stepfather when it's not his stepfather it's his mom's boyfriend right just because they what have rings the refer to them as well i don't know why that's relevant Let's get back to the show. Uh, we can talk about this more off air. I think there's a lot to fucking talk about. Okay. Uh, sorry about that, folks. Uh, just a little... Um, technical difficulties. Uh, technical you know, difficulties. Sometimes, sometimes the production crew uh, really, they get a little overzealous, and then all of a sudden things are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> overzealous. Uh, I do have one last question here uh, that uh, will will be great to for us to to dive into here. I'm sure. Uh, would it be possible to harness multiple com phase to make a com phase cycle? Ethically speaking, of course. So. I guess. I don't understand the question. And I'm sure it's a great question, question asker. Yeah. Uh, well, Anthony, it's, do you have, what's your insight into this? Uh, I think that they're trying to uh, basically uh, create, you know, obviously come phase. They're not, they're not very large. I, I think they're trying to make a line of children's bicycles using comb as the wheels eth ethically of course so like their little paws would drag a structure forward. well you know like a comfy you know maybe they grab like a real stiff piece of wire to attach their flowers to and you use that as a wheel oh i mean I've never seen it done and I don't, I don't know how one could assign consent uh, from a confe. You know, we've talked about consent a lot on this show. Um, and so I don't know that this is, this is an ethically possible situation, but you know, a thought exercise, right? Like let's yeah, say. Cause I don't think you could get consent until you tried it once. Right. And like if the comfe goes around one loop and then uh, continues, 
That would be well, fine, but you can't get the consent about the first loop. I mean, you would have to ask. You would have and, to figure out a way of communication, right? And so I think as a thought exercise, right? Like let's let's assume that there is a way to confirm consent with a Pokemon uh, and that the Pokemon has agreed. So those are two, two assumptions that we have to make here. So that third, we can discuss how a confey would power a vehicle, a two-wheeled vehicle that would travel forward, right? And so I honestly think that your best bet would actually be to set up the confey's uh, this this wire that you discussed, Anthony, I think is a great idea, but I think I would use it to power the the gears around the pedal, you know? Uh, and so the confe would actually do the pedaling for the rider by going to the next little section and building another flower. And then the then the the gear would turn, powering that back wheel. And then eventually, you know, you would have to have a you could have a basket on the end that collects all the flowers as it comes around so that the confe never runs out of place to put those flowers in yeah and chain like, them up that sounds that sounds perfect yeah a comfy chain yeah uh i want to uh ask a question that's relevant to the news of the now uh and i think it fits this sure. question quite well you know we're talking about uh acquiring consent and uh you know communicating with pokemon in a new way uh what are your thoughts and feelings on the research released by elon muck and his team about implanting chips inside a manky uh to communicate directly with a manky um honestly anthony i've got some complex feelings uh because Without a manky being involved in the design process of the product, there's no way to know for sure that the signals that are being interpreted by Mr. Muck and his team are actually the manky's thoughts and feelings. You know, uh, they're taking a signal and assuming an intent with that signal. Great point. And that's what great I think point. is dangerous. That's a great um, point. Uh, you know, and you know, obviously Elon Musk has uh, uh, trillions we, of dollars or whatever. Well, I, I was going it. to say maybe a maybe a, a rocky uh, relationship with uh, the, the hard science, uh, as it were. Anyway, so I mean, there's always going to be a little bit of a question about the ethics of a project involved uh, with Mr. Musk and and how that is going to unfold. Yeah. Yep. You know the thing that. I gotta be careful. It's I I always follow the terms of the agreements that I have with the governing bodies of the places where I'm conducting my research. And I think that that's important for the entire scientific community. I don't think my status as a world-renowned Pokemon expert in biology, sociology, and social biology puts me above 
the terms of those agreements. And if I'm violating those agreements, then I should be taken to task for them, no matter how charming or rich I may be, no matter how much money I may donate, no matter how much I may uh, contribute to the idea of picking yourself up by the bootstraps or, or the immigrant dream or any of that stuff, uh, I think that I should have to follow the terms of the agreements that I have agreed to with the governing bodies of the places that I've agreed to them in. Okay. This has been Ask the Pokedexpert. Uh, thank you for joining us for the show uh, today. This has been our discussion of Comfe. Uh, Mike, uh, you know, I know things were a, a little rocky, but uh, I, I'm so grateful that you managed to uh, come and talk to us about this very special, uh, very underrated Pokemon. Uh, you know, it, it was great to really get some good insight into the Comfe. Uh, and if you are around on Tuesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, you can come to twitch.tv slash srsbiz underscore network, and you can be in the chat asking questions with our amazing community that comes to join us every week. Uh, and uh, yeah, we... Unless unless your terms of your agreement with the government agencies that you are contracted with doesn't allow you to, in which case you shouldn't be here and you should just email us or send us a tweet or, or leave a five-star review on iTunes with your question in it. And then we'll get to it when we can, Mike. which is the appropriate way to do it. Mike. What? Are you mad about his last book? Oh, telling your book. It, it was just a book, dude. You sold a lot of books. Yeah, I have no problem with selling a lot of books and I'm glad that I do it because if I couldn't, I couldn't live here. But it's when you violate an ethics agreement, Anthony, yeah, and you violate the terms of an agreement that puts you leg up against your competition because your competition's following the rules. And if one yeah. person doesn't follow the rules, then why should anybody follow the rules? Just... I know oh, I've said this. Oh, it's because we're not billionaire playboys. That's why, Anthony. I, That's look, why. Look, Mike, just hold strong. Hold strong. Your next book is going to, it's going to skyrocket up the charts right to the moon. Okay. Just, just hold that book, that, that future book concept in your hands and do not, do not let it go. Just hold, just hold, Mike. You can do it. What do you have for hands? Do you have hands full of paper? Do you have hands full of future diamonds? I already sold a concept this afternoon. So, I gotta start you sold? Yeah. yeah, of course I sold. Okay. This has been asked the Pokedex, right? Uh, next week, paper expert. Yeah. Next week we'll be talking about go, go. So if you have questions about go, go, send us your questions about, about go, go. Uh, 